2022 is somehow coming to a close, and that means it's time to pick the sneaker of the year. Let's discuss this week on Fire Footwear. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast. As always, I am your host, Matt Matty Ice Freights. I hope that this finds you well. I hope that this finds you safe. And I am thankful that you are tuning in. And I hope that you are having the best day that you could possibly have. Last week, I talked about the idea of having a month that was dedicated to a specific sneaker. And what I mean by that is December is obviously known for a hype Jordan 11 release. Whether it's a new colorway, whether it's a retro release, it's something that every sneakerhead, myself included in a way, looks forward to at the end of every year. And that means being in December, that 2022 is over. This year is over. The packed year that we had in sneakers is over. And that means that it's time for our annual sneaker of the year discussion because so many sneakers come out throughout the year. And honestly, I still believe this too, by the way. I know that I complain a lot sometimes about the nature of sneaker culture or the current status of sneaker culture and how bots, resellers, and just the saturation of the market sometimes makes it impossible to be super excited about a sneaker and that I have sort of withdrawn myself a little bit from putting my name into the hat of so many sneakers because there's just so many of them and I just can't find the energy to be hyped for every single one of these. But like every other year though, this year was packed with releases and that means that there is something for everybody. And if you listen back to the very first episode that I did of this show, back when it was called Sneaker Love, I did talk about what I love the most about sneaker culture. And I think even though the evolution of it has made it to where it is such a saturated market, not just in the kind of shoes that are out there, but saturated in terms of the people that are involved in it, I really believe though, that at the core of all of it, there is still something for everybody. It's just a lot harder to get that kind of stuff. That's the frustrating part for us. And no matter what happens throughout the entire year, and I feel like every year that rolls by, more and more we feel this frustration, but yet at the end of the day, maybe the companies are kind of coming around. Maybe the culture is changing a little bit. The pandemic changed so much about sneaker culture. It changed so much about scalping and just demand for different items because I think the lack of resources that we had, look at what people went through to get toilet paper and Clorox wipes during the pandemic. This is how badly we were in a state of things back then. We didn't know anything about the disease and we were knocking off people to try to get toilet paper. It was absolutely insane. And I think by extension, we thought to ourselves that we have to go after everything. We have to collect everything because you never know if there's never gonna be something. Imagine if that were to happen. Imagine if sneaker culture would have just went poof and all of a sudden there were no sneakers. It's kind of ludicrous, isn't it? And that's still, I believe, the crux of the issue today. But I think that it's waning a little bit. 2021 in my mind, if you're looking for a a definition of what 2021 was, I think the definition is Amamanyer. Yes, a lot of sneakers came out in 2021. A lot of great sneakers came out in 2021. The unequivocal sneaker of the year for me and I think a lot of other people was the Amamanyer Jordan 3. But at the end of the year, they came out with the Amamanyer Jordan 1. To me, both of those shoes really stole the show for the entire year. I finally, finally got my hands on a pair of the Jordan 3s. They are as advertised. They are wonderful. The Jordan 1s are next on my list. 
Obviously, a lot of other boutiques and a lot of people had great years in 2021, but I think that Ama Manier just stood out for many reasons. The quality of the shoes, the look of the shoes, the demand, and ultimately the story of those shoes. And I think that it was a wonderful thing. When I did the anticipated sneakers episode at the end of last year, one of the things that I noticed and remarked on was that it was going to be a year of different silhouettes. The Jordan 4 was going to get a big shine. I know that there are Jordan 4s that release, but a lot of cool little retros or I guess tweaks to some retros were coming out. What I considered the most underrated Air Jordan silhouette, the Jordan 2, was really going to get its moment, and that was again on the heels of Virgil Abloh. A couple weeks ago, I talked about his creative influence and how his influence would be felt in sneaker culture for years to come. Him doing a low-top Jordan 2 has made it to where now Jordan 2s are like the thing everybody wants to design. Union, Ama Manier, you name it. Air Force Ones. Again, there's not a lot of hype around Air Force Ones because as I said last week, I think a lot of people who are younger don't necessarily understand what it means. And that's why I did the episode on it like two months ago. Air Force Ones are solid. You can do a lot of things with them, but I think that their history is not as understood and their influence because a lot of the people that are buying sneakers today, I think are getting younger and younger and that shoe just keeps getting older and older and it isn't associated with Michael Jordan. It doesn't have that association with a lot of celebrities. You don't see a lot of people wearing Air Force Ones anymore the way that it was in the 2000s with guys like Jay-Z and Nelly and that's what really created a lot of that influence in the public eye. You don't see it. And also to me, New Balance had one hell of a year. Now they've had back-to-back -back hell of years, but I honestly think, and maybe this is a crazy thing, they may or may not be budging up against Yeezy as maybe the second biggest brand in the sport right now. I think that that's to be determined, but we'll talk to that. Some things that happened in 2022 that I think were noteworthy. Travis Scott returned. And I say returned because Travis Scott obviously had himself a few years there where he was untouchable in the sneaker world. I think if you look at the people who were designing Jordans at the time, you had Travis Scott and you had Virgil. And they were doing two different things. They were accomplishing two different goals for two different reasons. But Travis Scott had a bunch of shoes in a row that were just, they were on fire. I can't deny that. The Jordan 1, high top and low top mochas, the Jordan 6s, just so many of them. I think that Travis Scott was on a heater. But remember at the end of last year, there was that incident at Astroworld where some people passed away. It was a very, very unfortunate situation. Travis was caught up in a lot of legal issues and he went away for quite a while. We didn't hear from him at all. Nike canceled all of the releases of his shoes, but guess what? Money wins in the end and Travis Scott returned with some Air Maxes, more AJ1 lows, and even you saw some other AirTech trainers in there, things like that. So he's not going away anytime soon. Obviously, the passing of Virgil Abloh made it so that Off-White kind of took a step back as well. Similar to Travis Scott, for different reasons, though, they took a step back because when somebody like Virgil Abloh passes away, who is the head of that creative vision, you want to pay homage to that person and be respectful to the family. And I think if Nike were to just push out some of these shoes, it would have seemed like a money grab. They reemerged, though. The 1 through 50 Dunk series, the Blazer Lows. There's a lot of others that we could probably name, but those are the two that come to mind. Ama Manier, we talked about them at the top of the show. They continued their heater as far as I'm concerned. Their Jordan 2 that came out earlier this year was wonderful, and they just came out with the Jordan 4. And then, of course, Union, who was all about bot protection. Their releases were probably some of the most solid all year. I think Ama Manier was kind of right on the heels of them, but Union has been making a huge, huge push to be as bot-friendly as possible. And I mean that for the rest of us who are trying to get in, we don't have to worry about a lot of those bots because they're doing what they have to do from a technological perspective to make sure that the releases are on the up and up and they're solid. We obviously saw their Dunk line, their Jordan 2 line. 
and maybe not as hyped as the Jordan 1s, the Jordan 4s, they're still pretty hyped shoes and they sold out. The Dunks obviously were a huge, huge hit. I talked about New Balance earlier and I did say that they might be passing Yeezy. Joe Freshgoods and Jayhound, man, they continue to push New Balance to bigger and bigger heights, taking some of those high 900 silhouettes and just making them so crazy. New Balances really aren't for me. I'm a white guy, so when I wear New Balances, I look like an even more of a white guy and that's not really what I'm going for. I kind of want to look a little bit less 40-year-old white guy and more, hey, you know, I'm not that old. So I can't really pull off New Balances, but man, some of the designs that they come out with, with the materials and everything, oh, they're just so wonderful. And with Yeezy having such a tough year, which we'll get to, I honestly think that New Balance is kind of pushing to maybe be the number two brand, because we don't know what Yeezy's all about right now. Louis Vuitton, which was designed, of course, by Virgil Abloh, they came out with that high quality and high price, by the way, Air Force One collection. A lot of them took design elements from the bags with the checkered pattern, the monogram pattern. They had high tops, mid tops. Oh, there was there was something for everybody in that collection. But starting at like $2,000, much like the Air Jordan Dior's, I mean, that's a little pricey, probably a lot more out of my price range. And I'm going to guess probably out of your price range if you're listening to this show, maybe not. And if they're not, man, all power to you because those are some heaters right there. Basketball retros returning a lot of ways. The Air Penny, the one and two, the Reebok question. And honestly, I think that the return of the year in terms of basketball shoes, even though there were other notable ones, was the Kobe's. Remember with the untimely death of Kobe Bryant and the lapsing of the contract between Nike and Kobe, or his estate anyway, the future of Kobe's, it was a little bit up in smoke. We didn't know what was going to happen with it. And with the release of the Mambasita Kobe Protros, I thought that that was wonderful. First of all, paying homage to Kobe's daughter who has passed on with him, but also knowing that we are going to continue that legacy in sneakers because Kobe Bryant meant a lot to people. And I think having that come out and knowing that there's going to be a future between the two brands made a lot of people feel really, really happy because Kobe, again, was an influential player. And a lot of people grew up watching him and a lot of kids at the time who were watching him are now adults and consumers. And you know what? There's an emotional attachment there. But then, of course, the year was defined by the fall of Yeezy. And I think that if Yeezy as we know it, Kanye obviously had himself another year. We talked about that a little bit more in depth in an earlier episode. We don't need to go into all of the ins and outs of that, but man, he just continues to be on this roller coaster ride of life, isn't he? With the Alex Jones podcast talking about how great Hitler was. Yeah, it's not great. He obviously had a very public breakup with Yeezy and there's a lot of allegations out there that we just can't corroborate right now. But what we know is that Kanye and Adidas do not have a partnership together. But Adidas has said that they're going to continue to put out the Yeezy silhouettes and the Yeezy shoes just without his name on them, basically. And I asked you whether a Yeezy without Yeezy was still a Yeezy, and we'll find out. So I think that they've taken a nosedive. And even if you search for anticipated shoes of 23, not a lot of Yeezy release dates to be had because I think the future is just so up in the air. We just do not know. One other thing that happened in 2022, resale prices across the board seemed to reduce as the year went on. One of the things I've noticed in looking at GOAT and StockX, outside of the usual suspects that you'd see high resale prices on, a lot of shoes are kind of hovering right around retail. There's a lot of shoes that can be had for reasonable prices. To me, I think there is a certain markup that I'm willing to pay over retail just because I want that shoe. Some of them are older, so the older that they get, the more expensive that they get, and that makes sense. If you wanna get one of these Louis Vuitton Air Force Ones, you're gonna have to pay a crap load of money. Regardless of whether resale prices are going down or not, those were exclusive, those were limited, and that's just the way it's gonna be. But if you wanna get a pair of Air Jordan 2 low tops, there's been a few that have come out in the last few months, and they're all sitting there. 
Sometimes, in some cases, there are stocks sitting on the shelves, the quote unquote virtual shelves of Nike. You go on Nike.com, there's still some heat to be had. Maybe not in your size, but it doesn't mean that some people can't get them. Remember, think about six months ago. A lot of these shoes were selling out so quickly, we didn't even have a chance. We had to go to the resale market. There were no restocks or not many restocks, and we couldn't just go on Nike.com and buy shoes, which is something that we used to be able to do. The tide is changing a little bit on that. It's a combination of obviously people coming out of this idea that there's limited resources, so many sneakers to be had, and I think that the market is shifting a little bit because people are tired of paying these exorbitant prices. And Nike has had to make a few adjustments. Obviously, they put a huge focus on resellers and bots, and I talked about that too. That was an episode that I went in depth on how much is it actually going to matter. Recently, they came out with some stats that talked about that every single release, they get rid of something like 20,000 or 40,000 bots or something like that. I can't, it's probably more than that, but there are a lot of bots out there. It didn't change the fact that the demand was still high. But still, when you go on StockX and when you go on GOAT, you're not seeing these prices that just make your eyes so large. And you can actually afford some of these things if it's within your budget. To me, I think everything that we've named here has been a great thing. Except for the Kanye stuff, of course, there have been a lot of things to look forward to in the year. There have been a lot of releases and there has been something for everybody. I'm sure somebody has a story out there of a shoe that they copped or even a shoe that they missed on that they love. And so inspired by that, I'm going to give my completely subjective list of Matty Ice's top five sneakers of 2022. Keep in mind, these are all completely subjective. There is no objectivity to this list at all. It is just things that I like and love and that have stood out to me over the calendar year 2022. Starting at number five, we have a tie for two. I'm actually going to put the Ama Manier Jordan 2 and the OG Jordan 2 that is yet to release and that's supposed to release at the end of the month and that is the OG Chicago's colorway. I like both of these, first of all, for different reasons, but the Jordan 2, the OG, right now it looks like the craftsmanship they put into it and the materials are just are amazing. The quality is very, very high. And even though they don't look anything like the Jordan 1 or anything really that comes after it, there is a special place in my heart for the Jordan 2 because it is that outsider. As somebody who was an outsider for much of my upbringing, I can see the Jordan 2 and appreciate it. And I just love the OG nature of it. I think it looks wonderful. It looks like they nailed the original look of it too. There had been a retro of it between now and 1986, but this one looks to be a little bit more accurate. And of course, the Ama Manier Jordan 2 is wonderful because Ama Manier has been known now to put so many details into their shoes. I love the colors that they use. It actually kind of looks like the OG, if not for a few changes in design elements, such as some snake skin and things like that. It's a great looking shoe. And I think that it could actually be worn a lot of different places. So those two stood out to me as Jordan 2s that were wonderful and they were in my five slot. Number four is a Nike Dunk Low, and that should not surprise you because it's my favorite silhouette of all time. But this one is not really a hype one. It's just one that I saw and immediately gravitated towards and was awesome. It was the Dunk Low Phillies colorway. That light blue, that maroon, and the gum stain on the bottom. There was a lot of Major League Baseball dunks that came out this year, and I thought that a lot of them were very, very well done. This one to me was the one that stood out, not only because I'm a baseball fan, I'm not even a Phillies fan, but man, you can wear that shoe just about anywhere. It looks so good. It's smooth, it's clean. It's a summertime shoe, it's a winter shoe. I think it was awesome. I loved everything about it, and you know what the best part about it was? the simplicity in it. And that's why it stood out to me. So that's my number four. 
Number three is going to be one of the Louis Vuitton Air Force Ones, but it's not the one that I think everybody thinks of. The one that always is the picture whenever you hear about this is the one that has all of the patterns of all the bags. I'm talking about the never full bags, the check pattern, the gray and the white, the brown and the tan, and then of course the monogram pattern, that low top, that's the one everybody thinks of. That's not actually my favorite. Although my favorite is actually one with a check pattern on it, and it was that mid. Yes, that's right, a mid, but it had the white and gray check pattern with the graffiti pattern on the inside of the shoe, I absolutely loved those shoes. Now, because those are so expensive and rare, it's probably out of my realm of possibility to get a pair that is a rep pair of those, but you never know. If I see one that's quality that comes across my bow and it's not pricey at all, I might go for it. That's a really, really good looking shoe. And honestly, it's a pattern that my wife really likes. She has a couple of never full bags with that same pattern. It's just, it's something that she gravitates towards. She's, she loves the simplicity of it. Again, a lot of times these high fashion bags and so forth can be very, very look at me Louie type thing. But with those never full bags and those patterns, I just think that they're very subtle. And even if you know it's a Louis Vuitton, it's not flashy. It doesn't make you think I'm better than you because I have this bag. And I really appreciate that about it. So that's my number three. Sticking with their heater of a year or heater of the last few years, number two is a Jordan 4 and it is the Ama Manier 4. The Jordan 4 is probably my favorite Jordan silhouette of all time. There's something about it that I just love. I have a lot of them in my collection and they always come out with a lot of great ones. This year was a great year for Jordan 4s. If you liked some of the OG colorways, you got some tweaks on it. The military blacks, which were amazing. The navy cements were amazing. There's a lot of things to like about Jordan 4s this year. The light I really wish I could have that one. But Ama Manier took it to another level. The thing about all of their releases is you get that luxury, you get that quality, the craftsmanship. But in this shoe, it was about simplicity. There was simplicity to the Jordan 2, but this was even more simplistic. One color all throughout the entire shoe. A little bit of an aged midsole, and I just thought it was wonderful. That quilted sock liner is awesome, and the Jordan 4 look is just classic. You really can't go wrong with it. When I first saw it, I didn't get it. But then I realized that there is beauty in the simplicity. And to me, the Jordan 4 was the definition of that. I absolutely loved it. So that was my number two. My number one, I said earlier in the episode that a lot of the boutiques have gone out of their way to create some fantastic shoes. And there are a lot of boutiques that have been around for so long that they are sort of steeped in the culture. And I think that they have deserved a place at the table in terms of designing shoes. Union is one of those places and they've had so many shoes come out over the last few years. I think everybody still looks to their Air Jordan 1s as the pinnacle of Union design. I honestly thought their Jordan 4s were not really for me. I understood why they had them and they were very retro in terms of hearkening back to the 90s. And I guess I was a 90s kid, so I should appreciate that, right? But they just weren't for me. The Dunk Low Pack this year, though, it was a highlight. I really enjoyed the inspiration by it, the traveling to meet people who couldn't get a shoe from their region and so forth. I thought the story behind that and the inspiration was wonderful. There were three colorways to it. One of them I liked very much, and that was the pistachio. That is my number one for the year. The Union Dunk Lows are interesting because when you look at them at face value, they have that ripstop on there and they look kind of cheap. I've always felt like ripstop has been cheap and they look cheap, but the whole point is you can actually take it off and see what's underneath. And what's underneath is a very, very old school colorway of the Dunk Low, that pistachio. I love it with the dark blue, the dark green. It's a really pretty shoe. And if I ever get a pair of those, I'm probably gonna take the ripstop off because I love what's underneath. 
but I think the inspiration behind it is wonderful. Also, it looking like something that was made from a craftsman I think is excellent. I love the fact that there's threads on it. It doesn't look clean and neat and pretty like a lot of sneakers do. It looks messy, because sometimes life is messy, and sneakers should reflect that. And I think that Union did an excellent job of highlighting that, and I thought Union did an excellent job, period, in the Dunk series, but that was my number one. What was your favorite sneaker release this year? There were tons to choose from, so you don't have to necessarily agree with me. I think last year was an easier pick. The Ama Manier 3s were loved by a lot of people, and I think that was almost a unanimous pick. But this year, there were so many to choose from. I think that I think the jury is still out on what the unequivocal best shoe was. To you, was this year a success when it came to quality releases and realistic stocks? Were the expectations realistic? Did you feel like you had a chance to get sneakers this year? I didn't a lot of the time, but I don't think that's ever going to change. I think that the demand for sneakers is still very high because I think sneaker culture is so expansive now. It's not just people who are old heads or people who are in it that have money. It's a lot of different people. And so the demand and the people that are going after a shoe, even if Nike gets rid of tens of thousands of bots every single release, there's still a million plus people going after some of these shoes. So hopefully we will see that change a little bit, maybe more stock. But I think that this year was pretty successful. A lot of people got their hands on a lot of shoes. And for next year, what do you want to see from sneaker companies? Do you want to see more retros? Do you want to see more of the same thing? Do you want to see Ama Manier continue to design shoes? We are going to talk about that next week. I'm going to get your opinion on what the most anticipated sneakers are that we know of as of right now for 2023. And if you want to give me some of those and answer some of my questions, hit me up on Instagram at firefootwearpod is the handle to do so. If you want to find me personally on Twitter at Matty Ice Freights is the handle. If you have any questions or comments for the show, email them firefootwearpod at gmail.com. Please support the Matty Ice Media Network, which is what houses this show, plus some other shows like political football, like the manual. It means a lot. Go there, check out what we got going on, maybe even buy a t-shirt. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please do me a favor, hit that follow button, give us a rating, give us some stars, helps us pop on the chart, get some popularity, easily searchable. It means the show is going to grow and we can continue this connection that we have. I hope that this finds you well. I hope that you are safe. We will talk next week about the year to come in 2023. But until then, this is Fire Footwear. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guest, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.